Thank you so much for coming and would like to extend a very special welcome to those that have joined us today who are a part of this broadcast. Thank you so much. We believe that God is going to bless you immensely and just stay tuned and keep on believing because great things are going to be happening today. Yes. All right. Okay. As you had me promising last time that we are going to have uh, quality time uh, today and that's exactly what we are here to have. We want to get straight into the Word of God and uh, I want to explain some few things that I believe are necessary for you to hear and ultimately to understand especially right at the beginning of the year, of the light that defines. And I I hope uh, you are finding this theme quite interesting, especially if you have uh, areas of your life that uh, you had no understanding of, and you have been uh, very much concerned and you've been wanting God to explain some few things to you. And I think this is a, a sure mandate. It's an assignment. It's a direct order from God for us as men of God to help you find the definitions that you have always been looking for. And I believe this service is going to be a blessing to most of you. There are some things that I feel it's time that we begin to share with the entire body of Christ. Revelations that we encounter, experiences that we have in the spirit, manifestations of God, some of them that are meant for sharing and some experiences that are just for uh, personal use as a man of God. You get revelations that deals specifically with you. And also you get to see and to hear things that um, concern the entire body. There is something in the book of John. Let's get into the word. John chapter number three. Um, a a very common story about Jesus and a Jewish leader by the name Nicodemus. But I want to extract a very profound statement uttered by our Lord during that conversation, which if it is well explained, it helps us define not only 
what is around us, but uh, who we are in the kingdom of God. This man comes to Jesus at a very strategic time. The time that he knew no one was present to witness not just his coming to the Lord, but the questions that he was going to raise. He didn't want people that had a certain perception of him to hear him ask very simple questions because he was rather a very complicated man. So what do you do? You come in the middle of the night and you ask questions where no one else is present except the one to answer the questions. I don't know what happened also to John, that he later on had to write it and he made it public. <laughs> Which is not something that Nicodemus anticipated. He wanted this meeting to be private. Then his questions were recorded. We now have them, so we have to look into that. What is it that was really bothering this man who was so wealthy, highly positioned within his uh, society, yet he had uh, very, very strong questions that he wanted to present. He looked for an opportunity. All day long, Jesus was busy attending to multitudes. Then he found out that there is a special moment then he came to Jesus, and then now they are having um, a dialogue. That's what we want to look into. But we are still on the light that defines. Now, I want you to look at um, the description of this man from verse number one. But my focus is going to be on verse number seven. So what we want to look at first, let's just, just read verse number seven, and then we go back to verse number one. John chapter three, verse seven. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. This is verse number seven, right? Yes, sir. Marvel not, not that, I, that I said unto thee, ye must be be born again. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Now, there is a must. Not you may be born again. You must I think we are now getting used to mandatory things, right? 
you must be born again. But because I said so, marvel not. This should not be a surprise to you. If being born again then becomes mandatory, Jesus is trying to raise a point here that unless you are born again, the life that you desire can never be realized. For the life that you want to live to be lived, then there is a must. You must be born again. Why I'm touching on this is because this is a pivotal um, place in your life, especially this year. You must take your salvation seriously. Take your salvation seriously of all the things that you find yourself saving. Save your salvation that saved you. Save the salvation that saved you. Protect the salvation that protected you. By all means, try to cover the salvation that covered you. If the enemy is going to come after anything, you would rather allow him to get everything away from you, but make sure when he gets to your salvation, fight with everything that you have. Your salvation, your relationship, with your maker. Keep that. Because your life is going to be defined based on that platform of salvation. How saved you are is going to determine how well your life is going to be defined this year. How saved. Why are we going back to the issue of salvation here? It's because we are here to define. Thank you, we have to hear the proper definition of salvation yes. right at the beginning of the year. Thank mm -hmm. you. Just in case we are not saved. Yes. The problem of thinking that you are saved and yet you are not saved is that you keep on expecting certain benefits that you are not even entitled to. Mm -hmm. And you keep wondering, why are things happening this way to me and yet I am what? Saved. But the question is, are you really saved? So if things are not happening according to the saved, then we have to look at the definition of being saved. Am I really saved? Thank you. If you are indeed saved, things must happen in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Events around you must happen in a way of confirming that you are saved. Okay. You must, 
Now let's go back to verse number one. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Yes. A ruler of the Jews. Now this man is not only educated in the laws of God. Okay. He's a teacher. As you will hear, he's also a master. And he's a ruler. He's not a ruler of an ordinary community. These are Jewish people who are considered, even in the history of nations, to be the most blessed nation. Mm. Not only based on what they have economically, but having chosen by God out of the rest of the nations. God chose Israel out. He separated the nation of Israel. And the nation of Israel became a template. We are following God according to his relationship with the Jewish people until the New Testament came. Mm -hmm. And then being made a ruler over such a nation, that really makes you a ruler. Yes. This is a big nation, and then you are made a big person. He's a ruler of the Jews. He comes to Jesus. Read it again, verse number one. There was there a man, a man of, the of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. Who was he? A ruler of the Jews. Yes. The same came to Jesus. The same man. You find him coming to who? Jesus. To Jesus. At what time? By night. He's coming to Jesus by night. Uh-huh. And said unto him. Now, watch what the man is about to say to Jesus. Rabbi. Uh-huh. Teacher. We know. We, not I. So he is representing a community. So it means these people must have sat down at some point mm. and looked at the nature, the lifestyle of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, the miracles that he performed, and they came to a conclusion. And now we know. We what? We know. We have that knowledge. That thou art... Ah, wait a minute, wait a minute. We know. If you are going to teach on anything else, don't touch on that. That part we know already. We have done our analysis and now we know that you are what? A, a teacher. teacher. And not only are you a teacher, we actually have discovered where you came from come from God. We know that you are a teacher and we also know that you came, you came from God. How do you reach that conclusion? Number one, the man is a teacher. We have to agree, ladies and gentlemen, that the man is a teacher. Yes. And number two, now 
we have realized that there is a difference between us and him. This is why he is not the one coming to us in the middle of the night. Mm. We have to go to him. So it's not just one Nicodemus, because you hear him saying, we. is mm-hmm. representing a committee that is not even present. We know that you are a teacher and also that you came from God. Nicodemus is also a teacher. But as of where he came from, there's a difference. I am mm. a teacher of the law because I came from a college. It was the university that made me a teacher. But you, coming from God, is what qualifies you to teach. You came from God. So God is that educational institution that authorized Jesus to become a rabbi. He's trained, he's taught by God. Mm. Imagine sitting under a man who is coming from God. Mm -hmm. That part, now we know what you do and where you are coming from. For, uh-huh. For no man can do How many these. men? No man. What if the man is white? No man. What if the man is black? No man. For no man. This man cannot say what he is saying unless he tried it. Mm. No man can what? Can do these miracles. No man. As long as the man is a man. There is no man that can do the miracles that you do. There is no man. (laughs) What does this mean? They saw him doing what no man can do. How do they know that there is no man that can do the same? They tried it. No man, this is a definition of another man's ministry. Another man's calling. Another man's assignment. When people come to you and they begin to describe you to you, Mm -hmm. when your life becomes defined, Mm -hmm. the things that you do, this must be said at some point in your life. Where you have people coming to you, they look at your work and they say, no man can do it the way that you do things. When a life is properly defined. This is supposed to be said not by average people, rulers of nations. When people secretly visit you to inquire from your wisdom, and before they do so, they have to explain you to you. 
There's a time when people uh, that are way below you, they come to you and they seem to be admiring you. But there's a time when significant people, when kings are coming to the brightness of your rising. When kings now, when it is now kings coming, rulers coming, to say what you do, the way you do things, you are not in the category of men. Because we are the men. We have also tried it. It doesn't come out the way it comes out when it is you doing it. We know that you are a teacher and you are from God. God. For no man what? can do these miracles. Miracles are doable. Ladies and gentlemen, there is someone out there who is able to do things that you cannot do. They realized that this man, in as much as he's not just a man, but he's he's he has something. He has a way of doing miracles that we cannot. Though we, we are rulers, we have been placed above the entire nation, and yet we cannot produce what he's producing. What is that? No man can what? Do what? these miracles. He's not saying no man can do miracles. He's not saying no man can do miracles. Mm. Please understand what he's saying. He's not saying no man can do miracles. He says these, a class of miracles, a type of miracles. Certain miracles that you can find people doing and then a class of miracles that you can never attempt to do unless you are coming from where? God. From God. So he's trying to classify miracles here. There is a certain life that you can live away from God and a certain life that you can never live unless you are still in God. We are talking of a marriage away from God and a marriage in God. We are talking of a business away from God and a business in God. These specific miracles no man can do. People have been doing some crazy miracles throughout the Old Testament. Mm. But the ones that we have done so far, we have looked into the texture of the miracles that you perform, the weight. No man can do that. No man can do that. My desire is that that at some point should be said concerning you when they analyze your work. When your work is critically looked at, people should come to this same conclusion. But this man, this woman is from God. Am I talking to somebody here? Yes, Father. Okay, come back to verse number seven. No man can do thee. For no man can do these miracles that thou dost. Uh huh. Except. Except. God be with him. So, 
at the end he's not saying no man can do these miracles because he's saying no man can do these miracles that you do except so what is he saying he's saying a man can eventually do these miracles that you do if he is from god no 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 you, you have to follow this you have to follow this So there are specific miracles that Jesus came to do and he wanted the men to see and admire should they also want to do the same they also have to find themselves coming from the same source let me try to repeat it again repeat it father okay try to read it again for Before no I repeat <laughs> For no man can For no what man can what can do what these miracles that thou doest who is doing the miracles that no man can do Jesus. no no who is doing these miracles that no other man can do Jesus. Jesus so what man cannot do someone else is already what doing that it's beyond man men do not have or carry the capacity to produce what we have seen what we have witnessed you produce men cannot do that then he goes on to say except except god be with him with who with the men mm. yeah. yes. Yes. For, uh, oh, oh my yes. god yes. oh <laughs> There is no man that can do the things that you are doing unless God be with him. Then that man is able to produce the miracles that we have seen you producing. So I'm saying the conclusion here is these miracles men can do if God is with the men. Oh yes. Oh yes. Be <laughs> We'll get to the definition so. Here this. Except God be with with him. So what what is he saying concerning Jesus? in his father you are one i want you to look at the formula here he's saying number one, there is proof that you came from god coming from god and you would think that he departed from the presence of his father because coming from you must leave the place unless you leave the place you are not coming from the place so how do you say to a man we have seen that you are a teacher coming from god and then you say you can't do these miracles unless god is with you How can a place that you once came out of still be with you? The coming from God and still being with God. 
platform. Most men, the reason why they cannot produce these miracles is because they came from God and God is not with them. What makes us men is the fact that we all came from from God. And what makes us different is when God makes a fall up and then the men that once came from God is now found with the same God that he came from. No, 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 you, you have to take this principle seriously. Having proceeded from God and then God still makes a fall up. You are coming from God and you are still being found with the same God that you left. We know that you came from God, number one. And for you to do the things that you are doing, no man can do that unless God be with him. So you came from God and yet still God is with you. Realizing that it is possible for a man to come from God. We all came from God. How can I do the right thing in order for God to then be with me? I don't want to be detached from God. I don't want people to look at me and they say, he came from God, but there is no more God in him. Otherwise, I can't do these things. How do I come from God and still have God with me? Proof that God is with you is when these miracles start happening in your life. Except? Except God be with him. So what makes these miracles possible? The presence of who? If a man is with God or if God is with the man, what is it that the man can do? These miracles. If God is with the man, you might think it is God doing the miracles. But Nicodemus is saying, no man can do. Preach it far. Preach it far. Unless God is with him. So if the man is now with God, He goes back to the same man that could not do the miracles. Now he, the man, can do the miracles based on the presence of God in his life. I'm teaching you this because for miracles to be produced, we don't have to visit some place somewhere. It's not a responsibility given to a selected few. Children of God are entitled to these miracles. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Father. Mm. Mm. 
if my son is not feeling well. The reason why I'm calling him son, that relationship is based on my previous ability to transfer DNA. I gave him something in order for him to become my son. So proof that I'm learned in the area of impartation is there. That is what makes him a son. So what is stopping me now from transferring the healing that I have, the health that I have, ideas that I have, Proof that it is doable is evident. I've made him my son. If you have the power to make him your son, you still have the power to make him successful. Isn't there something still left within me yet to be transferred into the same son? There is. But for that to happen, the man has to have God for these miracles to be. Sit down. Miracles must be happening in every house where there is God. Where there is God. Miracles are supposed to become common. Especially this year. Yes, Father. Come on, receive. Except, except God be with him. Mm-hmm. Jesus answered and said unto him. Now Jesus is answering, yet there was there wasn't any question raised there. What Nicodemus was just doing is to command Jesus, explain who he is, things that they've seen him do. Mm. You are from God because of what we've seen you do. And then Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, uh-huh. except what? A man. Do what? Be born again. Now, when this man came, salvation wasn't the question. Mm. Mm -hmm. In fact, what we had him bringing out out of the entire uh, conversation was outstanding miracles. So if Jesus was to answer to that, he was supposed to touch on the miracles. But the question is also, is he not touching on the miracles? 
Jesus is answering, and if you look into the answer, it has nothing to do with the question. Yes. So what it means is that there is another question that we're not hearing that Jesus had. When people are speaking, there is always something that they are saying that you are not hearing. Depending with the light that you carry now, you can get to hear what people are not saying. Mm. I'll explain that at some point. Please do, Father. Hearing what people are not saying, but the fact that you can hear what they're saying is because they're saying it, yet they're not saying it. He's answering a question that wasn't raised. This man is so desperate for salvation. He's trying to help him get the process right. Let's just start talking about how to do miracles. Mm. Let's talk about being born again. Because you do miracles from there. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He answered and said, except a man be born again. Except a what? A man. Except a what? A man. Except a what? A man. Be what? Be born again. He cannot see? He cannot see the what? The kingdom of God. Wow. So if it is the kingdom that you want to see, you have to what? Be born again. You have to be born again. You want to see the kingdom, be born again. I was quite disturbed when I was looking at uh, another statement by Jesus. A very famous text. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. I don't want to say much, but you see, the part that really disturbed me was that How can I have Jesus? The man who makes the kingdom of God a kingdom. Present, standing right next to me. And then he advises me to seek. Whilst I have him, having Jesus present, and he advises you to seek for something else. No, no, no. Oh, please. How can I have Jesus? And then he tells me to leave his presence and go and seek for a kingdom which is 
He is. If I'm to find the kingdom, who is the king in that kingdom? But how come when I thought I'd found him, then he tells me to seek? Mm. I thought I'd already found him. Mm. This is a testimony. He's trying to let you know that you guys, in as much as you might have found it, but because you don't know what the kingdom is, mm. you have to keep seeking. You have to keep seeking. Because I'm not being appreciated. You are lacking the revelation of who I am. How can a man who is standing with Jesus be taught by Jesus to seek? Blindness to the presence of God is what has assisted us. This is what has encouraged us to pray and fast the more. Say that again, Father. Mm. We are praying Fasting from that ignorance, from that place of darkness. Being with a man who makes the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, and then he tells you to seek. You are being told to seek. After you had already found him, that's what Christians are doing. Yes, Father. You don't... You, you are yet to be convinced that you have him. Because after finding him, we are still seeking. Mm. We, are, we are still seeking. How do you leave the presence of Jesus? And you are, you are being asked, where are you going? I'm, I'm seeking the kingdom of God. Who told you? Who advised you to do that? Jesus. So, according to you, is not the kingdom of God. Wow. This is religion at its best. If you want to become qualified and you want to become an expert, you want to attain a degree, you want to pass spirituality, what you have to fail is religion. (laughs) Try from today to fail religion. That is what makes you spiritual. Getting religion wrong, what you're getting right is spirituality. How can you be advised by God to seek for God? How can God, who is right in front of you, tell you to seek his face? How can God, who is talking to you, advise you to seek for his voice?
seek me whilst I'm being found. I'm saying, how can a God who is present right with you with all of his attributes, he has his face right next to you and he tells you to seek his face and you leave his face in search of his face. Oh, my God. Be seated. Keep on reading. Verily, verily, I say unto, I say unto thee, uh-huh. except a man be born again. So what, what else is Jesus saying? He's saying a man who is not born again has the capacity to be born again. Some cannot teach, some can. Some cannot drive, some can. Okay? Some cannot build houses, some can. But when it comes to being born again, it is given to every man Mm. to be born again. That's what Jesus is saying. I just want you to see this part. Unless a man be born again. So this is something that the man can do. So that after that, the man can now see. So he's saying to this Nicodemus, the reason why you can't see that the kingdom is here and it's me, it is because you are not yet what? Born again. If you are born again, then you look at Jesus, what you see is the kingdom of God. You stop searching for it. Okay, let me, let me raise a question here because some of you, you have this question, but you don't, you don't know that you have it. How, how is it that because we've been hearing be born again, be born again, be born again, several times to a point where we think now that we know what it is to be born again. Mm. This has been said how many times? Be born again, be born again, be born again. Now, let me tell you what we think. When you hear be born again, what I used to think is that to be born again, be born Again, there is an again. Be born again. So it's like the second time. And what makes it the second time is the fact that I was once born. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For me to be born again, I must first be born. Okay, be born again, because you are already born. Right. So my thinking is, 
Maybe Jesus now is referring to another birth. If I have to be born again, I have to be born again because I was once born. But the first birth, in as much as we are trying to understand the second birth, we are ignorant also of the first. Mm. Which is now the reason why we are failing also to understand the second. Mm. Because we think that Jesus is saying, since you are born physically, mm -hmm. that's the first birth. Yes, yes. So now you have to be born again spiritually. So we are confusing the two. We are thinking, if I have to be born Help us again, it's because I was already what? Born. But the nature of the first birth, if it is not looked into carefully, you also confuse the second birth mm. or the new birth. The man who is being told to be born again, you must understand this. The man who is being advised by Jesus to be born again, he is already born. Yes. Otherwise, it cannot be born again. There's an again. Mm -hmm. But I'm saying our thinking is I was born physically into this world, but I have to be born again spiritually. Mm -hmm. But if I'm being born again spiritually, having been born physically, it's not being born again. Okay? For you to be born again spiritually, it means the first birth is supposed to be a spiritual birth. Yes. Ah. Are, we, are we defining some things here? Yes. <laughs> be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated. I hope you got that. I hope you got that. If you have to be born again spiritually, for that birth to be again. It means there is another spirit man that was born the first time mm -hmm. who is supposed to be born again. For that birth to be again, it must be in reference to the same nature of a person. You can't say a man who is born physically, you must be born again, and then he gets born again spiritually. He's not being born again. Mm. He's being born for the first time. It's not again. Okay? So Jesus is not even talking about being born physically because that's what the Nicodemus brought in. Mm. How can a man, when he's old, go back again into his mother's womb and be born the second time? time. So he corrected that, and yet until today, most people are not aware of this procedure. Wow. What is it to be born again? Who is being born again? Mm. 
If I have to be born again spiritually, it means there was the first birth where I was birthed the first time mm. in God. When I was once in God as a spirit and God gave birth to me, the day he delivered me as a pregnant mother was when he breathed me out of himself into a maternity ward called Adam. I was born from God that day. And my caretaker then, my flesh did something to me that contaminated my nature as a spirit. Then I said to you, when I was teaching on the way of the spirit, that there is what they call a recall yes, when there is a malfunction in the product. Yes. They recall, bring back all the iPads mm. from this year to this year, bring them back. Then we will replace. That's all. Mm. Yes, Father. So salvation is a recall of a contaminated product. Okay? That has already left the factory, but it's malfunctioning on the earth. Things that spirits are supposed to be doing, we are discovering that now humans can't do ordinary things that spirits are supposed to do. So let's bring them back into God so that they are born again. What we want to correct is an error. But you see, what happens is this. Now sit down, sit down. The reason why you think you're not born again is because you can remember certain things that you once did before you got born again. So you're wondering, if, it, if that wasn't me back then, how come I know mm-hmm. <laughs> what I used to do? Yes. So the fact that you can remember what you used to do, you think it is still you who did those things. Yet this is an issue of memory. The sins that you once committed. Now, the person that I'm looking at right now, after you're born again, you're not the same person who did those things. The reason why you think you're still the same person is because you still remember you doing it. You're confusing memory with experience. What was handed over to you by the old man is not the sins that the old man committed. It is the memory. Oh. Now, okay, this is what happens. Okay. Who has an iPhone? Most of you. <laughs> <laughs> by, by faith. Okay, sit down, sit down. Let me, let me. <laughs> you get a new iPhone because your old iPhone has become old. Mm-hmm. There's always the old man and the new man in the Bible. And you put them right next to each other and then you transfer. 
information, every single thing mm. is taken from the old into the new. <laughs> now, you have the new phone in your hand. You have never received a call, but if you go to the core history, mm -hmm. there's a missed call, yet it never what? It never rang. You called someone, there is a calling that you see there going out of the new phone before you even make a call. Mm -hmm. So in terms of experience, the new man, the new phone, hasn't committed any sin, but there's a memory transfer from the old man. You find it back. Now, no, no, no. I wanted to see something very profound here. So you, you feel like you really sinned a lot. Mm. True, Father. Why? Because there is a core history. History is showing that there was once an activity in this new form. Are you getting this? Yes, so even after you get born again, you still can remember certain things. But don't allow the enemy to condemn you based on memory. Mm, thank you, Father. You tell the devil while you're in a prayer closet, yes, I remember those things, but I didn't do any of those things. Salvation has to be defined that way. Thank you, Father. Before you start experiencing miracles. Be, 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 be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated, be seated. Yeah. A man has to be born again. So what Jesus is advising this man to do is to be born again. Go back into the factory. And when the error is corrected and you are bathed again, what you begin to see is the kingdom of God. Your vision is destroyed unless you get born again. Get back into God and be born again. Then you can see the kingdom of God. You are now born again with eyes that can see the kingdom of God. The error is corrected. The mistake is reversed at new birth. All these th things that you think are miracles. It's not any special ability. No. If you are born again, these things are common. Be born again. What? Uh-huh. Nicodemus saith unto him, mm. How can a man be born when he is old? Okay, no one. A man. Be what? Be born. 
The question is how? Now he's asking. Now there's a question. How? Jesus led him to a place where he would officially ask a question now. Mm. He forced him to ask. How? Uh -huh. Can a man be born when he is old? Mm. Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb mm. and be born? Mm -hmm. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and, and of the spirit. Mm -hmm. he, cannot he cannot enter. enter. Being born kingdom. of water and of the spirit. We touched on that. Yes, the water is the word. word. By washing with water, which is the word of God. And then it is through the word that you are born spiritually. Mm. Born of water and of the spirit. It is the gospel of Jesus that brings you into spiritual existence. You are then born of spirit as a result of water, which is the word. Okay? Yes, Father. Thank you. Right. Uh-huh. Except a man be born of water mm -hmm. and of the spirit, mm -hmm. he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That man cannot enter into the kingdom of God, yes? That which is born of the flesh is what? Is flesh. And he's saying this is not what we are talking about here. Mm. You are referencing a man who is born, who is now old, and can he then go back into his mother's womb and be born again? We are not talking of that. Mm. That which is born of flesh is what? Is flesh. And that which is born of? And that which is born of the spirit is what? Is spirit. Yes. Marvel not that I said unto thee. You what? Ye must be born again. It's a must. Mm. You must be born again. Mm. For these things that you admire to happen in your life, you must be born again. Yes. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Yes. And thou hearest the sound thereof. Yes. But canst not tell whence it cometh mm -hmm. and whither it goeth. Mm -hmm. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Yes. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, mm. How can these, these things, things be? be? Mm. How can these things be? Now Jesus is about to insult the man. <laughs> uh -huh. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? <laughs> How did they vote for you? <laughs> How can you be a leader? How can you be a master over people? And yet you are ignorant of these matters. Of all the things you chose being in the synagogue, you could have become something else. How can, how can members have such a man of God who doesn't know these things? In the middle of the... It's only me, God, who knows that you don't know anything. And yet, during the day, you are the one lecturing in the synagogue. <laughs> you are reaping all the benefits of being a man of God. All the titles, they've piled them on you, and yet, you don't know these things. Then, what then makes you a master? That's the question. Because what gives you mastery 
is knowledge. Yes. Knowing these things. How, how, did you, how did you escape the process and, find, and you just become a master? Mm. We, we have many masters now in the world. Mm. Preach it for me. Preach it for me. Jesus, what he's saying is that you are uneducated. You don't qualify for this position that you're holding. Mm. Because it is knowing these things that actually qualifies you for that position that you have. That you have. Are you not a master? Yet you don't know these things? That's why he made sure none of his members were present. Because they were now going to hear this from God himself. That this man is not authorized by heaven. It, what is teaching about are heavenly things. You don't want to be such a teacher that when God, who is the originator of spiritual realms, comes and then he looks at your work and he wonders, how come you don't know these things? And yet for years you have been a master in that area. Come on. Be seated. Keep on reading. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, uh -huh. we speak, we speak, that we do know. In case you come to church one of these days and you don't find me preaching, there is someone else. It's we. The grace to do this is not just on me. Thank you, Father. Only. We, we are a team. I have guys that I work with. That's what Jesus is saying. And when you hear them speak, they are speaking of things that they have seen. So by saying we speak of things that we have seen, he's saying you don't have to speak first. You have to see first. But for you to see first, you have to be born again first. I, are you seeing the protocol here? Strong Preach God. what you've seen. But in order for you to see, be born again, unless you're born again, you cannot what? See. The kingdom. Uh huh. We speak that we do know and testify. We speak what, that which we do know. Mm. We have knowledge of what we are saying. Mm. Yes. And testify that we have seen. We are testifying of the things that we have what? Seen. So we see and then we what? We testify. Uh -huh. And ye receive not our witness. Okay. If I have told you. If I have told you what? Earthly, earthly things. Earthly things. things. So there are things that are earthly. And yet those things can be told. I've told you. Mm. Yes. I don't know why there was any need for Jesus to tell an earthly man concerning earthly things. Mm. Including the earthly things, there was need for Jesus to talk about earthly things. Because mm. yeah. earthly people cannot even understand their own earth. 
There is need for a preacher to explain to carnal people concerning their carnal matters Mm. for them to understand. Mm. I've told you, if I tell you earthly things and then you believe me not. What if what he is calling earthly thing here is salvation? Because it can only okay here. Mm. That's why angels cannot be born again. Ah. It's an earthly activity, though spiritual. It's a spiritual thing which is destined for earth. So these are earthly spiritual activities. Things that are spiritual that are supposed to be happening on the earth. Earth is not (laughs) a place only for physical things. There are spiritual things that are earthly, like salvation. I've told you earthly things. He just finished talking about salvation. So what earthly things is he talking about? Salvation. A spiritual thing, which is earthly. Mm. Ah, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sit down, sit down. <laughs> we must be found doing spiritual, earthly things. <laughs> things that when you try to do them in heaven, it will, they will never come out. It will never happen. It's a spiritual thing which is not supposed to be done in a spiritual dimension. In an earthly dimension, you have to do this supernatural thing. Mm -hmm. But I told you of that thing and you believed me not. And what? How shall shall you believe Uh if I tell tell you of heavenly things? So in heaven, there are things. On the earth, there are also what? Things. But he's, he's, he wanted to test the waters. If I've given you earthly things and I see that you can't believe, what if I start touching on things that are heavenly? I'm not being believed right now, talking about earthly things. Yet there is another semester coming. <laughs> And I start touching on things that are what? Heavenly. Are you going to believe that? What are those heavenly things? Even if I give you just a bit here, you realize that it is so hard. Give us one. Ah. (laughs) Oh. There is a heavenly thing when the Bible says that God is light. God is 
so many things. His love, God is life, but also God is light. Now, when you find yourself in the presence of God, sometimes what you begin to see is proof that you are now in the presence of God. He's not even God. Because when the light shines, the brighter the light shines. The more you'd avoid looking at it. The sun comes out until it sets down. And you don't even remember looking directly to the sun, to see it, to gaze at the sun. From the rising of the sun right up to the setting down of the same. But what the sun does is to help you see other things. So you know that you are in the presence of the sun when it is something else that you see and not the sun. The light is so bright that the sun would not allow you to admire its light by looking at the sun. It helps you focus on other things. It is there to define everything. Okay. So you know I'm in the presence of light, not when you're looking at the light, but when you're looking at what the light is shining on. Mm -hmm. It's a responsibility given to lights to bring in definitions. I'm saying, once you find yourself in the presence of God because he's light, you start seeing things, life in a different perspective, yet you've never seen God. But he helps you see godly things around you. He's there to shine. He keeps on shining brighter and brighter and brighter until... You can't see him anymore. And everything that you see is what is around you. Then you know that there is God in this place, not because you can see God, but because you can see the godly. Things around you. Hear me. Sit down. Let me, let me show you something. If the Bible says... It is light that brings things into their manifestations. For everything is revealed according to our uh, theme scripture. I think it's, it's okay if we can read that one. Then briefly, just a few minutes. few minutes, please forgive me. Just a few minutes. Then we conclude. 
The book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 13. Mm -hmm. But all things are reproved. Are reproved. Are made manifest by the light. All things. Uh -huh. Read it. All things are reproved. Mm -hmm. Are made manifest by the light. What makes things to manifest? The light. And for whatsoever doth make manifest is what? Is light. Then I told you that number one, you have the light that makes things to manifest. And the thing that makes things to manifest is, is being called light. Then the Bible goes on to say, and whatsoever that makes things to manifest is light. So he's saying, it's not just the light that you know that makes things to manifest. Whatsoever that is capable of making things to manifest, that whatsoever is also called light. Mm. Whether the thing is not light, but if it can help things around itself to manifest, give it another name, it's called oh, yes. light. Oh, no, no, read it again, read it again, read it again, read it again. But all things are approved, uh -huh. are made manifest by the light. By the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Whatsoever. So he's jumping from the light, ordinary light that we know. And then he, he looks at other things which carry the same capacity as the light. Things that when you are placed by God within a generation and you sit there. And the definition of that generation now is centered around you. You cease to be a being or a member of that family. You become their light. And they said unto David, why shall we quench the light of Israel? Referring to a man, a Jewish guy. Hmm. Why? Because it is by you, David, that we all are manifesting. Yes. The Bible says, vain men gathered unto David who were heartbroken. Even financially, they were broke. Hmm. Distressed men, they gathered around David and he made them captains. Mm. He defined their lives. Mm. So the reason why you see all these jobs manifesting is because of the presence of a man who is not just a man. He's light. Yes. Why? Because whatsoever that makes things to manifest is light. When you finally this year Become the light of the family. Not because you are shining, but because you are causing them to manifest. Yes. Okay, let, let me... Uh, <laughs> sit down, sit down, sit down. <laughs> See this. God being light... He shines to a point where 
It's not him that you see anymore. If he sees you gazing at him, then he knows he's not shining enough. He increases the light until you look away. And then you start seeing things at their perfect definition. Then you know God is here. With the way that I'm seeing things now, not God. With the way that I'm seeing things, God must be in this house. And they say to you, if, if, if you've ever seen God, describe him to us, and then you describe them. And you say, he's here because I can see your heart. I can see your intentions clearly. I never used to hear people like I hear people now. The way that I'm hearing people now, it's proof that God is here. I hope you get this part. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is prophetic now. S- sit down. This is prophetic. S- sit down, sit down, sit down. This is prophetic. Oh, please sit down. Father, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Hear this. When this light gets into you, you know, previous years, you'd have people with hidden intentions coming to you. And it was difficult for you to decipher their intentions. You have had wrong people in your life and not just wrong people. Because wrong people are just wrong people. They are evil people. Because wrong people are not always evil people. But they are evil people. Who are hired by the devil to come and put an end to your life. But then when this light begins to shine, it will be so difficult for them to trick you. you, you it will be like, is, it, is, is this a gift of discernment that has come upon me? It is that light. You will see things in documents that when you give to lawyers, they will miss it. And you call them and you say, this paragraph, this section here, they say, what? Before you sign, the light will kick in. You will define, no, 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 no. You know what genuine love is. Oh, now because of this light, it means also that those of you that are watching me and this was your year and you are getting ready to be married, there's going to be a postponement, unfortunately, because you are going to see things. Please don't blame me. Don't blame me. You are going to see things. It will be difficult for you for a person to lie. Because you now have the light that defines.
characters. You will penetrate the souls of men. The light that defines. Now, in the kingdom of God, like I'm saying, sit down. In heaven right now, in a heavenly place where God is situated, you have the most concentration of the presence of God. It means that's where God is at his brightest state. Okay? Now, that brightness of his light is what has converted heaven into heaven. And yet, at first, heaven and earth, they are almost like the same. To a point where if God is to descend right now from heaven, if he sits on the earth and then you leave earth, you go to heaven, you would think you are on earth. Because of the light that he carries that defines things. Hear me. It's him that makes heaven, heaven. Everything that we have on the earth these are miniatures. These are images. These are shadows of the actual things. They are creatures, animals in heaven. They are forests in heaven. Just like we have trees on the earth. But the trees that we have are a representation. These are vegetations that have migrated further away from the brightness of God. And thereby becoming as physical as they are, as crooked as they are. They escaped the light that defies them. Well, let's talk about heavenly things. <laughs> Hear me. If God comes and he sits here, the way that you begin to see things around us, the fabric that we see, the curtains, the wood that we're sitting on, the wood becomes alive. It is raised from the dead. That is, that's exactly what happened when this, a road was taken into the presence of God where there is light. A road with no roots into the ground. There was no water source. In one night, you see flowers, you see almonds, and the flowers had actually blossomed. Mm. This goes to show what exactly happens to a man when he's placed into the most concentrated presence of God, no matter how dry his life is. You are dry away from God and yet you become alive in his presence, in his light. If you are sitting in the forest and then God visits you, what begins to happen around that area? That day, a transfiguration, look at what happened. His clothes became what? Transfiguration, not only did his body change, 
even what he was putting on from the what he got from the supermarket everything attached to him got defined in a different way Jesus did not come from heaven putting on a robe he got it here it was an earthly robe made from 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 cotton but because of its proximity to the light I'm saying everything connected and attached to you it will be brought into another definition Are you you following this? What transfigured on that day? Even the rocks around him. Those that were not to write about it, they say there is no soap that can make the fabric that white. No soap on the earth. (laughs) When your light begins to permeate aspects of your life when things around you are being touched by the presence of your light then the things begin to enjoy their true definition sit down let me show you something let me show you something now heaven is heaven because there is the highest concentration of God's light that is what is making heaven what heaven so what they did was now to come up with a strategy. Let's have a structure, layers of different heavens from heaven coming down. Seven, even more heavens. Okay? From the highest, the most defined heaven. We are coming down into different layers of heavens. And in all these heavens, there are different activities until you get to the last heaven called earth. And earth seems like it is so physical because of where God placed it. That light that he carries was properly measured. As you are lifted from the earth going up, you will see the definition of a tree increasing. The tree you see here, the tree you see in this heaven, the tree you see in this heaven, until you get into the last heaven. So you are ascending into proper definitions. If you have been visiting, frequenting those places, you would know that I'm in heaven for by the texture, by the quality of creation that you see there. Because everything below is representing something above it. But it's in a lesser quality because of the intensity of the light of God who is above. So as things move away, from that light, they lose their proper definition. Can I tell you something? Tell us Do you know that, let's take two people, a heavenly body, an angel, and an earthly body, 
your physical body, right? Two people. One is in heaven, one is on the earth. Do you know if we switch like that, if we switch the two like that, you'll be shocked that as you ascend, by the time you get to heaven, your body is angelic. Why? Because you are migrating into your proper definition, the light that defines you. As the angels come down from heaven, by the time they get to earth, they are eating rice. <laughs> it's in the Bible. Define it, Father. Ah, they came here. Yes. Now we have a scripture that says, please make sure you entertain strangers. Because mm -hmm. some entertained who? Angels. Unaware. Yes. They cannot assume that form if they are in that brightest light. They will be exposed. Because mm -hmm. that light exposes, it causes things to manifest. Mm -hmm. So angels are surprised as they are lowered down through different realms of manifestations. Mm. They will realize by the time they get to earth, they are no longer shining. Mm. At that realm, they can now sleep with women. Mm. Away from the light that defines them. I, 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 <laughs> 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 So what happens if God, who is busy defining heaven, comes down to earth? Those that saw it in Revelations thought it was heaven coming down. Yet it is the God that makes heaven heaven, who is coming down to earth. And Things will then be, I'm talking of something that will begin to happen in this era. Not having to wait for the second coming of the Lord. No. Ah. Okay, sit, sit down. Sit down, sit down. Can, I, can I show you something? Sure. Now, when it comes to this issue of defining things. I think of most of the countries that you can look at, I would really commend and congratulate the Americans. You know what the Americans did? They were good at discovering and exploiting a certain crucial industry that we never thought was in existence where narratives are created. How they did it, I'm not sure. This is a spiritual thing, okay? Though earthly. They stumbled upon an opportunity 
and they discovered that it was given to men to create narratives and they said because we have discovered this then it means we have the opportunity to build a narrative that suits us what is america and they considered themselves the best when they were done creating their own they realized that oh we, they still had enough time left to create more narratives for other nations that are not civilized enough to create their own so they created an industry you can't visit it today and see it it's a spiritual thing where they manufacture narratives that are there ready for export <laughs> and nations that are not spiritual and intelligent enough to create their own narratives they are ready to import in american definition of their nation this is why every country would want to know what are the americans saying concerning us If you see yourself having that kind of a mentality that's what I'm calling importation of a narrative you are at the mercy of those that have discovered this ability the power to define you don't have a nation until you have its narrative they've discovered that mm. Mm. the power given to adam to name every living thing they got it mm. a nation that is so powerful that if they want to destroy you they can target you and destroy you but you see when a nation now targets you and then it doesn't attack you in order to destroy you what it does it just ignores you if a nation can ignore you and then you die <laughs> it's different from being fought there's a nation that when it comes after you it really comes after you and there's a nation that by coming after you they turn their back on you they ig- it becomes targeted ignoring that's power now i'm talking about one nation if a nation can attack you and destroy you then another nation can ignore you 
And by ignoring you, you get destroyed. <laughs> That's superior power. Now. If they keep their definition of you to themselves and not let you have it and you become a naked nation. Don't lie to me that you don't care what they think about you. They don't care what you think about them. But you care what they think about you. What does that mean? It means somebody has been appointed over you to bring your definition. You are in existence according to their description of who you are. Oh. What are they saying about us? Their power is so open, you can't, you can't, you, you can't ignore it. You can't, you can't deny that. You know that with what we have in Africa, look at the oil that we have. Hello? Look at the emeralds. Look at the Tanzanite rock. Hmm? My God. All these resources, but you see what they do because they, they, they are at the top of definitions. They say, do you know that? Sit down, sit down. Unless what you have is defined, it means you don't have it. It's, it all goes back to definitions. That's why we have to focus on that. Any precious stone, it was based on someone who made it special. What we are calling special today and expensive today, there there was someone who defined it that way. So we are looking at it through the eyes of the man who came and what? Defined it. So if we have resources, and do you know that if the resource that we have in Africa is not defined, they say it is an unconfirmed resource. Mm. Mm. If the resource is unconfirmed, they say it's not bankable. Mm. Are you following this? So in as much as you have it, not until we define what you have, you don't have what you have. <laughs> so you will have it according to our definition. You will not have it when you have it. You will have it when you have a definition from us of what you have. That is why you cannot sell a resource that is not defined. It's value. Why? Because unless you attach a definition to the resource, you don't have a resource. So what you must fight for is not having a resource.
they can say, your diamonds are blood diamonds. Who are they? <laughs> Them. <laughs> and then a diamond which is supposed to cost 10,000 can now cost $100 because of their definition of what you have. Once they call it blood diamonds, though there is no blood on the diamond, they determine now the price of that diamond based on their narrative of what you have. How can a $100,000 diamond fall down to a $100 diamond without losing even one carat? Everything needed for a diamond to be, to be a diamond is there. But what is missing is its definition. If it is defined in a wrong way, then it loses its value. This is what then makes definition this year. Are you, are you following We're this? Following yes. Are you following this? Yes. Following Who has defined life to us? Who has defined ministry to us? Who has defined money to us? Those people, they placed us in prison. It will never come out until we discover the correct definition of things. Who said that? Who defined marriage? What is marriage? We are in prison today because of a definition invented by somebody else who was from a lesser light. Who are the most qualified people? Those of you listening to me, hear this. For your own information, marriage is for the divorced. Oh. Sit down. <laughs> if you don't believe in separation, then marriage was never designed for you. The reason why you see young, a young girl admiring a man who has money who has money and they fight over that guy what they are looking forward to is a separation from a certain life There's a life that you're living as a young girl that you don't want to continue. And you're looking for a deliverer who delivers you not through his cross, but through his money. <laughs> and then you are ready to leave that kind of thing. You want to be divorced. Divorce doesn't just mean when two people are separated. No, 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 no. Hey, hear this. When I talk about separation, that's what the Bible says. And a man shall leave his mother his father and shall cleave unto what? So that aspect of separation is what qualifies the man for marriage. He's a man who believes in separation. It's for the separated. 
<laughs> Find a man who still remains attached and marry that one. You will pray all night. There must be some kind of divorce and separation from another life into another life. Mm -hmm. Ah. Am I talking to somebody here? <laughs> it's, that's the biggest problem that you have. Before you even try to look for another problem, the fact that you can't pull him out if the man cannot separate himself from his family, there is no marriage. Mm -hmm. Consider this definition. There is no, because marriage was for those separated. A man shall what? Live. And shall cleave. Connect become one. And you know that when you look at your husband, you are detached. Proper definition. How do I keep my marriage this year? The strategy, you see, no matter what you do, go and buy a new dress. Let's see if that is going to work. There is no woman so far of all the women under the sun who have the capacity to restrain and to keep a man. It's not a ministry given to you women. There is no strategy. There is no woman who can do what it takes to keep a man faithful. That is the work of God. The man has to fear God, not you. The, the more he fears you, the, the more he, he moves away. You can do everything, read all the books that you want on how to keep a man. <laughs> do everything that you know. Listen to every advisor. Unless a man gets into the presence of God and he's defined according to God's standards, then you now have a man in the house. There is nothing you can do. There is nothing so far. There is no formula. There is no medication so far. There is no vaccine for that. <laughs> do all that you can. As long as the man is malfunctioning in the area of definition of love. You become the most boring person in his life and yet what you're doing is the best to keep a man. He has lost his antenna. He has lost the God signal. He doesn't know what love is. Who keeps a man? God. The man has to fear God. So what do you look out for when somebody is coming to you? Man of prophet, help me. I want to know, is this the right man for me? <laughs> is that the right man for God? 
what is God saying concerning? You have to look at the man according to the defining light. Mm. If you're going to love a man because he has money, I wasn't going to be having the wife that I have today. I wasn't. I told you several times that you are a risk taker. And I said to her at some point, I don't think that was faith. You are, you are suicidal. <laughs> How can you say yes to such a, a boy? What was important to her at that time was the fear of God. She was looking for the most critical thing which is rare to find. Money is everywhere. Connections are everywhere. But the fear of God in a man is what you look for. A man who has no respect for God will never have respect for you. Don't be deceived. Sons and daughters listening to me, a man who cannot fear God, cannot respect you. So now I'm saying, we are sitting here, we have what we have, and we think we are rich based on what we have. Our mountains full of gold. But they say, wait, we have to come up with your definition and tell you who you are. Unless we do so, you are non-existent. Mm, mm, mm. So existence is based on the existence of what? Of definition. Unless the thing is defined, it doesn't exist. So you have zero, you have nothing. Mm. That is where now you have sanctions coming in. So you cannot argue with this sermon. Who is placing sanctions on you? Who? The one that discovered the power to define. So Africa is never free until we now have our own definition in our own hands, until we become creators of our own definition. If you think you're free because they then flew away, after colonization, you're joking. Until we sit down and we come up with an African narrative and we define ourselves because what you name, you control. Mm. You allow them to name you, they control you. Mm. Giving them the power to name you, you're giving them the power to what? To control you. The day that Africans will sit down and celebrate their independence is when Africans decide to sit down and say, let's now describe ourselves according to the word of God. Who are we according to God? The black man. 
The black man. The black man. <laughs> I want my life to be defined properly. Yes. I have things that are going wrong in my life. And I've been wondering what is wrong? Probably it was my own personal definition that I didn't have. But now I know. Now I know. I came out of God and I'm still with God. And I can do these things. I will talk to you next time on how to bring the best out of you. You want to build structures that are lasting. You want to access ideas that are proven spiritually. You want to have access into formulas that work. This is your season now. If it is an anointing upon my life, it has to be a defined one with no question marks. If it's the presence of God that I move with, it has to be that kind of presence that is defined and that defines. People must attest to that presence of God and say, this man is with God. How is it that in the Bible, in the book of Acts, they said, we know these men are uneducated. Then they learned that, oh, it's because they have been with who? Jesus. Why? Because according to their qualifications, academically, you can see how, how can a man, unqual- as unqualified as that, bring out such a product oh, yes. in such an economy? Yes. Mm-hmm. Then the answer becomes Jesus. Yes. I want a defined life. Whatever it is, if it is a house that I live in, it has to be a defined house. This earth is very important. The reason why Jesus came down here, what he was bringing down, is the definition of the earth. Because he realized that all of you, your hunger and your desire was to escape and to depart from earth. And he said, look at my desire. I'm coming down to earth. I love earth. He came and he stayed with us. And the curses that he broke and the blood that touched the ground, it didn't touch heaven. The part of the blood that he took into the presence of God, the Holy of Holies, was for the atonement, the blotting away of sin that keeps you from having access not into heaven, but into heavenly things, even on the earth.
Why did he allow his blood to touch the soil? If he wasn't dealing with the earth. The earth was cursed because of sin. So he's coming to correct that. So that the curse is removed in your territory, in your area. Wherever you go, there is a trail of light. Like when you see where a snail, you know a snail? Yes. You can tell there was once a snail that passed yes. through here. Because there's always something that it leaves as it moves. That's the kind of light that you're going to create this. Is. It will happen like that. Where a generation that will come after you, you will be shocked to see people that will come after you. They will identify your path. They will walk, talk, and move according to you. And yet you didn't write any book about your life. You will have people accessing your pathways, your way of doing things. Like a snail. Your light will endure. Somebody will just intercept your path and say, and a revelation hits him like somebody once passed here. And from that day, they start walking. You find someone with your character doing things. I don't want to say much on that one. I don't want to say much. Uh, you see, that light is transferable. Yes, Father. Wherever you go, the darker it becomes, the brighter you're going to shine this year. The brighter God's people are going to be shining this year. Watch this. You just watch this. There shall be gross darkness upon the earth. But you see, as it gets darker and darker and darker, we are becoming brighter and brighter and brighter. And wherever you go, people will discover themselves because they are around you. You become their light. I'm finishing by saying, take your salvation seriously. You are born again on behalf of things around you. Please, take note. You are born again on behalf of everything around you. For their sake, please be born again. For their sake, please be born again. Creation is groaning for your manifestation as a son. I want to become the best version of myself. So many people that we have admired and you look at their intensity, their light, so inferior and yet we are drawing lessons from people of a lesser quality what is wrong with us we've lost our definition but we are in this year to find it we are in this year to find it we are in this year to find it we now know that you can't have jesus and remain an ordinary person i have found the light that defines Let me pray for you and pray with you. Father, you are a gracious God. 
you are a marvelous God. You are a caring God. You are faithful to your promises. When you speak, light comes out of your mouth like a sword. It protects your people. It destroys your enemies. We are here in this year having lost our definitions in you. And we have witnessed servants riding on horses. And questions have been raised. And so much doubt has been created around your integrity as a caring father. But you gave us a message for the year. That you are interested in defining your people to non-believers. You want to prove to people that they must be born again. You want to prove to people by the way that you present us to them that they must be born again. Father, I'm asking and I believe and I have faith and I know from my experiences with you that you have already started distributing this light to those who are interested. You are opening the eyes of the blind. You are opening closed doors. You are breaking ancient chains. You are lifting burdens. You are healing the sick this year so that they can be up and they can be active. You want to use your people in different sectors of life where your light is carried into different areas where we are not just there to preach by word but our very presence in that area will represent the proper definition of the God that we believe in. Father, raise sons and daughters. Give them courage. Give them confidence to go forward. Some of them have fallen several times and they've lost everything. They've lost their trust. But this restoration that needs to occur has to occur immediately. Where the strength and the energy lost can be recovered instantly. And your focus is restored back to you. And your vision is restored. I minister to you right now that everything that you lost because of this COVID be restored in the name of Jesus. I repeat everything that you lost because of the COVID is restored in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. You have brought us together and we are believing you for this miracle. The things that men cannot do, but because now 
God is with the men. We are getting ready to do those things. Because God is with us. We are lifting up our hands towards heaven, believing that the quality as it is in heaven, so be it on the earth. As it is in heaven, thy kingdom come, thy will as it is in heaven. Thy will as it is in heaven. The economy as it is in heaven. Health as it is in heaven. As it is in heaven. Power as it is in heaven. Yes. So be it on the earth. This is our prayer. And we believe that we are going to be partakers of this anointing and of this grace. And for that, we thank you. Throughout this week, child of God, expect to come across spiritual things happening on the earth, in your house, in your life. Are we together? Yes, sir. Are we together? Yes. You survived the West. Yes. You are coming out of an attack. It's now time for you to rise. You have cried, you have lost so much, but it's time that the hand of God comes your way and then your tears are wiped away. It's time for you to what? To rise. It's time for you to what? To rise. I mean, this year to bring to you your proper definition. And it is from that definition that you begin to manifest. Do you believe that? Yes. I'm saying I'm here to give you, hand over to you, your what? Definition. So that from that definition, you start to what? To manifest. You will manifest from your definition. Tell the person next to you, you will manifest from your definition. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Thank you so much. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord give you peace. In Jesus' mighty name. As we are closing now, those that never got a chance to send their seed, please do so. It's critical that you do so. Your seed for last year and your seed for this year. I'm encouraging you again. Please, I think we are going to have the numbers on the screen. Please, let's go ahead and sow. Some never got a chance. Some didn't take it seriously. It's very critical. You can't ignore that important announcement. So please uh, go ahead, send your seed, your two seeds. You are thanking God for what he did and you are honoring him with your substance. Go ahead and sow your seed. And those of you that are supposed also to sow your seed, this is a service, this is a Sunday service. We always do that. You come into his presence and you give, right? So please take this as an opportunity wherever you are. Send your seed. Details are on the screen. Send your seed. Support God's work. We want to always give the best that we have, knowing that God has been giving us his very best. Are you ready to give? Yes. Are you ready to give? Yes. Are you ready to give? Yes. May God bless you as you give. In Jesus' mighty name. Until we meet again next time. Shalom. Worthy of our worship.
Here's my word. 